0: singing voice, everybody. Um, thanks for being here. I This is a really awesome episode, you guys. Um, I have the homeopath that I have been working with, Jenny. She's so awesome. It's oh my god, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this. Um, and oh my goodness, please just like feel so embarrassed for me that I accidentally called her genie instead of Jenny because you know I don't know spelling I don't even know anyways she was so lovely and corrected me and I was like oh <laughs> oops just kept rolling didn't even didn't even re-record my mistake because you know that's just real uh, that's what happened so we didn't need to re-record it left it in for you Um, super great episode if you follow me on Instagram you guys know I have been talking so much about homeopathy and how it has been supporting our family, how I've been having so much fun learning about it. And then anytime like someone talks to me about like any kind of issue, I'm like, well, have you heard of homeopathy? And let me tell you all about it. So super, super fun. Um, before we get into the episode, I wanted to just Okay, so first of all, we recorded this a week ago, and I've just been meaning to do this intro, and it just kept not happening. And you know what? It all happens in divine timing. Here we are. So right now, as of the recording date, I think it is January 27th of 2022. And there's some big stuff going on in Canada, and I mean going on in the world as we know, but there's some some big stuff going on in Canada, there's a, um, right now as we speak, there's a giant convoy of truckers. Like I've seen 50,000, 100,000, 150,000. I don't know how many truckers there are. And then, you know, people who are a part of this convoy that are, uh, protesting against mandates for vaccines. And they're on their way to Ottawa to have a peaceful protest. And just saying like, hey, this is fucked. And like we aren't going to leave the the capital. We're not going to leave the city until, until something gets done about this. And um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of different narratives being thrown around about what this is, what this isn't finger pointing, blaming. If you support this, it means this about you. If you don't support this, it means this about you. If you're supporting this, but you're not supporting this, you're a piece of shit. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been thinking a lot over the last couple of days and, and feeling into things. And, and I did some writing in my journal this morning and I wanted to share this. I just, I want to share this because I, I feel like it's really important. And so, um, you know, I, I wrote a bunch of stuff, but I'll, I'll just read this part. So blah, 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 blah. That's me leaving out a bunch of the other stuff I wrote by saying blah, blah, blah. So this has led me to do some research and ask some questions. It's led me to anger. How did we get here? So divided, so disconnected from one another. In spending two years being so disconnected from humans, it has led to a disconnect in humanity and most importantly, a disconnect in self. I can't believe that anyone out there pointing fingers, regardless of belief, is connected to themselves or their intuition. When I find myself pointing blame, making judgments, and jumping onto specific narratives, that's when I am the most disconnected from myself. So what's the answer? I don't know what the answer is for anyone but me. I know that my intuition is telling me that it's okay to believe that the hope that I've felt for these last two years might be playing out right in front of me. Like I have been able to let out a breath that I didn't even know I was holding. There's no way for me to know the intentions of each individual in a group of hundreds of thousands. I can't know what's inside their hearts. I can only know mine. And it's telling me to feel hope and love. And to stop looking outside of myself for directions and answers. The stories being told of others, regardless of viewpoint, are not mine. I am the only one who knows my story and my heart. The endurance of my intuition is what will carry me through this year. Nothing can convince me otherwise. <sighs> so that's what I wrote today. And and like I said, you know, there's no way to know. There's no way to know. No one can say what the intentions of, of hundreds and thousands of people are. And, and there's a story and a story and a this and a that and, and all of the things, but... Which, which feels like crazy. And it may, you know, I, I ask myself the questions. What is this? Am I resisting this? Does this mean this about me? Da-da-da-da-da. And, and whenever I come back to myself and what my intuition is telling me, it tells me that it's okay for me to feel hope. It's okay for me to feel hope that maybe something really good will come from this. And I, I'm i not going to feel sorry about that. <sighs> so anyways, that's what I have to share. That's what I wrote in my journal. That's what I got to share. That's what I got to say. Um, is there anything else I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. I'll just quickly, like, I'm just looking around my house being like, what should I talk about? Casey has two teeth that just came through. And he's had a few times where he's just, like, chomped down so hard on my nips and I've literally been like thinking like can a baby bite off a nipple but I will also say that in the times where he has done that he has very clearly communicated with me that he is not interested in nursing or not interested in the fact that I'm trying to you know comfort him with my breast and coerce him into sleeping when he's not interested. And so it's so interesting how there's this, you know, oh, like, oh, it's the baby's biting me. But in reality, he, he has very much communicated with me that he is not interested in what I have to offer. And that's, that's his protest. Biting the nipple is his protest. I didn't mean for that to have such a full circle moment of, of, uh, (laughs) him, you know, protesting, (laughs) but here we are. Um, so yeah. So I guess something that is really important in that, that I learned is, is like just the importance of listening to him. Like he's giving me cues. He's telling me how he's feeling. And I'm just like, put this boob in your mouth and go to sleep. And it doesn't work that way. Does it? If, if you have, you know, breastfed your little one long enough for them to get to the point of having teeth, maybe you know what I'm talking about. <sighs> so, okay, let's just get to this episode. Um, I'll quickly say you guys know that, um, or maybe you don't know, maybe you're a new listener and I'm just assuming that you know things about me. Um, I have some really great offerings of mentorships, custom mentorships available right now. Um, And they all include the Rebirth 101 course that I've created, which is a course that helps you to take a look at the stories that you tell yourself. Um, And oftentimes they're not true, right? The stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and, and, you know, some very common ones are... Like I'm not worthy or I'm not smart or I can't do anything right or I have to work hard in order to make money or, um, you know, maybe you're having resistance to receiving love in your relationship or your marriage or um, something that I'm is, you know, really calling me in and, and people I'm really excited to work with right now are women who are close to their conception journey on their conception journey, pregnant, um, you know, getting close to birth, and then also moms. And so there might be stories that you're telling yourself about um, why you can't get pregnant or, or maybe you are someone who's having, you know, you've been working towards conception, but you realize that maybe there are some energetic blocks that you have. I know when I was on... My conception journey with my son, there was a lot of big work that I did leading up to it with some of the mother wounding I had, but also some of the blocks I had about myself and in, in doing some healing with some of those things and seeing them and understanding them and, and, and understanding myself in a better way, it was really able to remove some of those energetic blocks and stories and beliefs that I had about myself and, and help to create a warm, cozy, safe home in my body for my son to grow. And, and then of course, you know, leading up to birth and the postpartum experience and and becoming a parent, all of the things that come with that and, and maybe some of the stories that you might be telling yourself about that, that might be creating resistance for you. So anyways, that's the kind of stuff that, that I do and, and how I'm really looking forward to supporting people right now. So if that's something that you feel interested in, head on over to my Instagram or send me a message. I've got some information in some posts on my Instagram about the mentorships, uh, how you can kind of customize them. Um, you know, like I said, any questions you have, bring them my way. I'm, I'm really excited about doing this work. I've got four mentorship clients on the go right now, and we're just, you know, um, having a lot of fun with it. So without me rambling any further... Let's just get into this episode with with Jenny. It's so awesome. And like I said, please like. Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed that I called her Jeannie. But whatever. I'm a human being. So that's how we go. Um and yeah, I really recommend we talk about the um the course that I took with her. And um another holistic healer named Kendra, we talk about the uh the course that she has available that is helping you in supporting yourself with um acute viruses and illness aka the rona going around right now, so it kind of helps um the course tells you how to support yourself in a good way, just overall how to support yourself um as the illness you know, makes its way into your household and then also how to support yourself after. And I also share in this episode, you know, what we did as a family when Rona the Ho came to visit our house and, and we all really came through it in a good way. So let's go, let's go to the episode. Woohoo. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rebirth Circle. It is me, Steph, and I've got a really awesome guest with us here today. Welcome here, Jeannie. Oh, it's Jenny. Jenny? Oh my goodness, right? I was going to ask you before, for some reason, I thought it was Jeannie. Well, Jenny, welcome here. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Steph. It is an honor to be here. I'm so excited about it. Mm, Good. So,
0: Um, the way that you and I cross paths is I've, I've been seeing homeopathy pop up here and there and, and I never really understood what it was. And I also never took the time to even Google what it was. Um, and then I was following, um, Kendra, the holistic mother, and she's been, you know, sharing a lot about, um, you know, homeopathy would pop up. And then she said that the two of you We're doing this holistic masterclass together. And I was like, oh my goodness, I really want to get in on this. And then I saw that you guys had a payment plan and I was like, sign me up. And so that's kind of what led me to you. So why don't you share a little bit about um, your background in homeopathy, um, that kind of thing with the
1: listeners? Sure. Sure. So I'm a classical homeopath. I have been a homeopath for a decade. And what that means is, you know, education for a homeopath is a four-year program. I went to the Northwestern Academy for Homeopathy right here in Minneapolis, and I'm now actually a clinical supervisor there. Um, I became interested in homeopathy when I was pregnant with my with my son, and I was very low energy, lethargic. I just didn't feel good. And I had felt that way my whole life. I'd never really been well. And I started seeing a homeopath and f- started feeling good for the first time in my life. I wasn't tired. I didn't have brain fog. I went from unengaged and really just tired and not passionate about anything to excited to be alive and really thriving and enjoying um my life and so i immediately became interested and thought i need to i need to learn more about this so i enrolled actually in NAH when i was pregnant with my second child my daughter and had her very early in my schooling and that was an interesting experience but yeah so now my kids are teenagers i've built up a thriving practice in the last 10 years and really couldn't love homeopathy more. It's absolutely one of my life's passions because it facilitates such gentle uh, yet deep and broad healing for people just as I experienced.
0: Yeah, oh, that's so good. And, and I love what you said about, um, or just kind of sharing that you really hadn't been well for most of your life. And, and the reason that I think that that's important to share is because I feel like a lot of people, just the way that our world kind of is, a lot of people don't even necessarily know what it's like to feel well. That's exactly right.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's become so normal in our world to be ill. I mean, just look at the conventional medical system. It's set up to really facilitate and prolong sickness with the expectation of more and more illness. It's not truly a system that says, hey, let's get you well, let's get you thriving. And my mission over this decade has really developed into a mission to help normalize well-being for everyone. Mm,
0: that's so good. I, I know for myself too. I was raised, you know, the the, you know, my my family, caregivers, et cetera, everyone being really like in the Western medical system. And, and also really, I was kind of raised with this belief of, oh, like it's just normal to be in pain all the time because that's what I saw with my caregivers with the people in my life with my family and you know my my mom and her friends sitting around talking about how their headache or this hurt or that hurt or whatever and so I grew up being like oh it's just normal and and you know just because something's like common and normal get mixed up right Right. yep Um, and so anyways, when I was in my early twenties, um, I actually worked as a hairstylist for, I mean, at that point, it wasn't that long, but I was a hairstylist for, for over 10 years. And at that time in my early twenties, like I was just my, my whole body, like I was in pain all the time, just stuff that you shouldn't be having when you're 22 years old, you know? Yes. And And so that was kind of when I, I remember one morning I just woke up and I was like, no, like, I am not going to keep living like this. Like I got to figure out what's going on. And so um, I've, you know, learned a lot of wellness things in that time, you know, in the last 10 years or so, but um, I've just started, you know, coming into homeopathy
1: and oh my God, I just love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really, you know. To to speak a little bit about your experience and and the really common experience that a lot of people have is this deeply ingrained illness that I think is um, a result of two factors. One, our cultural conditioning, right? Our cultural expectation of illness, um, of unwellness and our collective disallowing of wellness, but also generational patterning. Um, so it's a multifaceted kind of uh, stuckness that perf- just pervades our culture and our the human race, really. And what I love about homeopathy is that it helps, just from a logical standpoint, people realize that they can get well. But it also helps on the energetic level to to really stimulate the system to reprogram that generational trauma, that generational patterning that keeps us stuck in this loop of stress experience that really um, limits us, keeps us from living in the freedom and ease that we desire. So that's why I love homeopathy so much. I've never found another healing modality that is able to touch a person at such a deep and broad level. Yeah. And so-
0: um, I know when I first started like learning, okay, what is homeopathy? And I, I did a Google search and I got, got a couple books and I remember at first, like I was like, I don't get it. And so, you know, when yeah. I, I read over the like cures like, like I really had to kind of read over everything a couple of times to get it to lock into my brain. And so why don't you explain to everyone what is homeopathy?
1: Well, and I will also share a link with you to a YouTube video where I do an intro to homeopathy slideshow that I think will be a great compliment for your listeners because it's a 30 minute conversation, right? To explain all the facets of homeopathy and how it works. And it's worth learning a little bit more about the history, but basically homeopathy is a holistic modality that is based on the principle that like, here's like, so a substance that in its raw form would cause symptoms in a healthy person. We use the homeopathic or very diluted form to help heal a sick person with those symptoms. A really basic example is what happens when we're chopping an onion, we've all done it, our eyes burn in water and our nose runs. We have a remedy made from red onion that can be really useful for somebody with a cold or hay fever where the symptoms match. The eyes are burning and running and the nose is running. Now they haven't been chopping an onion, but it's that same experience. So this is a really, really basic example of how we use homeopathic remedies, both acutely with, you know, situations like that with immediate physical symptoms, but we also use homeopathy on a broader constitutional level that's able to address long standing patterns of imbalance that contribute to illnesses, mental, emotional things like anxiety and depression, really, really deep states of stuckness that people think are impossible. Like, Oh, oh, I'll always have this. The doctor has no cure for me. I've been to see everybody and there's no solution. Homeopathy is often the modality that works because again, it is able to address those foundational vibrational patterns in the, what we call vital force of an individual. And it helps stimulate a healing response that moves us toward wellness, either in an acute situation or in a longstanding chronic situation.
0: Right. Okay. And so um, this was something too, that, that this language, I didn't quite understand when I first started um, learning from you. And so why don't you explain the difference between an acute illness and a more like constitutional, just so that everybody understands.
1: Yeah. Great question. So acute is something that's not a normal state. It's not an exacerbation of a normal state. So examples of acute issues would be injuries, colds, coughs, tummy bugs, hand, foot, mouth, Um, allergic reactions sometimes. Chronic issues are things that either are there all the time or that come and go periodically. Migraines, heavy periods, anxiety, depression, chronic fatigue, autoimmune issues. These are all things that homeopathy can help, uh, but require the assistance of a professional. Whereas acute illness is what I teach in the course with Kendra. I teach moms how to use Homeopathy at home to help support your family through illness because it, it's actually not super hard to learn to start using homeopathic remedies acutely at home for these common mild everyday illnesses. Yeah, and not only that, but it's really fun. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It it, it, it is. is.
0: And I feel like, um, you know, in in the course that I that I took with the two of you. Um, writing down, you know, okay, so let's say we'll, we'll all use teething as an example, just because that's where we're at in our home right now. And one thing that I think is, is the coolest thing about homeopathy is that it's treating the person, not the teething. And so um, what I really enjoyed learning the most in that way was, okay, there's, all of these different remedies that could potentially support teething based on the symptoms that my son is
1: representing. Right. At at the heart of homeopathic philosophy is that the symptom is not the disease. It's just a sign of a deeper imbalance. And that you know, when we just take away the symptom, it does a disservice to the person. And what we want to do is understand what's happening and give a remedy that supports the whole person through the illness rather than, you know, stopping it. And it's much more about trusting the body's innate wisdom and understanding the science the body's giving rather than saying, oh, nope, that's wrong. I'm going to come in with my bulldozer of a medication and stop the symptoms because I know what's better. There's a certain arrogance that, homeopathy does not embody that you definitely see in the in the conventional world right yeah and and so what I found with Casey was that based on the
0: way that that the way that his behavior was so uh, very whiny wanted to be held you know he was still happy but when he you know he'd be like and then he'd smile you know and so and gr- like the green boogers, you know, all that stuff. And so that based on what you had shared with us was like textbook pulsatilla. And so um, in giving him that remedy, it really supported him in a good way. Now, one thing that I did find was there was a point um, when his tooth was really coming through where he started to get a little bit more angry, like that that kind of representation Sure. So then we switched over to a chamomile because that was, you know, more supportive for him in that way. And I, I just, I find it so it's just so awesome.
1: Yeah, it really is. I know to see your child go from just intensely suffering with teething or a fever or something like this, and a couple doses of a homeopathic remedy can really change things and bring that relief for them and you, right? Yeah, totally. And so
0: I had shared this with you just in in DM conversation, but we had um it kind of lined up at the same time of when Casey had that tooth popping out. We also had um the Rona coming through our home. And so um and again, one of the things I, I love about it was it was like regardless of what we are naming, you know, whether it's like, oh, he has a cold, he's teething, it's a virus, whatever it is with homeopathy doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. the, The prescription of the remedy is not dependent on the name of the illness. It's very much tailored to the patient's experience, which it's highly individualized holistic medicine, which is why it's so effective because it's not a one size fits all approach. It takes into account what each person is Experiencing and you know, for a family of four who are all sick with a virus, they could each need a different remedy because, again, the remedy is for the person and their unique experience rather than for the name of the illness, which is pretty cool. It's it's so neat. And so that day, um,
0: when Casey's tooth was popping up, he was like, he was really upset. He was really irritable, and then at one point, he did start to get a little bit warm. And that was the first time we kind of experienced that, um, you know, kind of starting of a potential fever with him. And I was like, oh, you know, I kind of had all those like mom fears. And then I was like, wait, I have these tools and resources. And so I, I flipped open my little book where I had written everything down from you guys. And, um, I actually ended up giving him just one dose of, uh, Brionia. Great. And because the symptom picture for that one was kind of like, you know, aching, and I, I just thought, okay, well, if he's having some symptoms from virus, that would support that. But also, obviously, his mouth is aching, right? And so, yeah, one, one, one hit, I like to call it one hit of that, and then we went and, and had a nice warm bath, and he, that was it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty of homeopathy. It really is. I mean, I, I, my kids are teenagers now. I am not lying when I say I've never spent a night awake with them. We've never gone to the emergency room. We've never had to, of course I would. They have never needed antibiotics. And again, of course I would give them if they needed them. Um, I'm a firm believer that conventional medicine has a lot to offer when used appropriately, but you know, it's, so amazing in its you know, homeopathy is so amazing in its ability to lay that foundational groundwork of health, because there's something very, very, um, beneficial to the immune system, to the developing immune system. When you let an illness come to completion and you're not constantly interrupting a fever, you're not constantly interrupting an acute illness with, you know, medications that really thwart the body's efforts. And, homeopathy allows that support It allows you to do something right to give something, but it's not going to interfere or harm the individual in any way. So yeah, what yeah.
0: I, what I love the most about it, and I'll, I'll even use my husband as an example. So the day that we had our very last, um, class of the master class, mm. he was like sitting on the couch. He was just fevering, you know, all the things, um, with, I like to call it the Rona and um and i was so excited like i was so excited to use like all of the you know the tools that that i had learned from the two of you and based on his sim- symptom picture um gelsemium was was what supported him the best and i i like i just kept saying to him like okay take it again take it again like when he his like the fever was really starting to move And, um, it, it didn't take long for him and it, it really helped support him through that experience in a really good way. And, and it felt so good to know that I have tools that are supporting symptoms instead of stopping them because what are the consequences of that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Help me, I'm sorry, help me understand what you meant. Um, just like kind of what
0: you were saying earlier about how kind of in the way that the you know, conventional um, medicine is, is that like, stop the symptoms, stop the symptoms. So for example, with a flu, take something to stop it, to stop it, to stop it. And that has potential consequences.
1: Well, whenever we're ill, our immune system is trying to complete a cycle of illness, which usually involves a discharge. So you think about an illness with a fever, there's a sweat that comes. When you think about uh, gastrointestinal illness, there's vomiting or diarrhea that happens. Uh, when there's an acute infection, there's a pus discharge that happens. And so the body is very, very smart in its ability to contain and expel the uh, whatever it doesn't want. And so typically an illness um involves this process, right? There are stages. And so when we think that we know best and we give something for a, a mild fever, right? I and I and I get if a fever is approaching at what we've been told is a dangerous level that we get nervous and give, you know, Tylenol or something. That's not the issue that I'm speaking about really because we do always want to make sure our children are safe and seek medical care if it's inappropriate to do that situation. But when there's a mild fever, why are we told to give Tylenol or ibuprofen? Why are we told that a fever is inappropriate? Why are we told that it's inappropriate to have diarrhea? And here, you need to take Imodium and go back to work. Um, Again, I'm talking about an acute mild situation here. And so our bodies are very wise. We need to let them do their thing during mild acute illness and support them with homeopathic remedies. Obviously, if it becomes dangerous at any time, or we have that like mama gut feeling of, oh, no, something serious is happening. Seek medical care, of course. But and there's a time and a place for a suppressive medication, right? I would give my children antibiotics if they had a life-threatening infection rather than letting the infection run its course for the name of like being holistic. That would be (laughs) foolish. And so I want to be very clear about that, but why don't we reserve those actions for times of need or crisis? Why don't we trust the body in Um, mild illness. And so what happens, I guess, to your, to your question, when you stop the symptoms is that you're just sort of thwarting the body's efforts to move down the path of least resistance toward illness. And so if we're repeatedly suppressing the same acute illness, eventually the body's going to stop producing it and become more ill on a deeper level. So when we keep suppressing an eczema, the child will often get asthma, later on. When we keep suppressing a fever, eventually the child will become more ill again with something like asthma or chronic fatigue or, you know, something else. But when we suppress acute illness in general, we get more chronic illness. And that's what we see in our, in our population, right? We are so terrified of acute illness that we're willing to trade it for chronic illness because it's more predictable and it feels safer.
0: Mm, Yeah. And I, I feel like what you just shared is something that so many people don't know. And again, just because we have many of us or or a lot of us have been raised in the way of like, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. and, And not to ask, Hey, if I'm having these symptoms, if I'm having the, you know, the little chicken bumpies on the back of my arm, well, how come right we're we're kind of more taught like well, put the cream on it or exfoliate it you know you're taught to get rid of the symptom instead of asking why is the symptom there in the first place
1: yeah I get questions about about those bumps all the time and I say more often than not your body's working your skin is facilitating a detoxification process we live in a toxic world and so you might always have those bumps those bumps are not inappropriate like that's my opinion Uh Um, the skin is the most superficial, least impactful place to the whole system that we will experience, uh, that we will express a symptom. So when you have a rash and it's mild and not too bothersome, I say, that's great because that means you're not going to be very ill on a deeper level. Good. Oh, that's
0: awesome. So, um, one thing. One thing that i I find really interesting and i'm I'm really grateful for, is that so um, i'm I'm not sure how much you know about this, but up here in Canada, with the you know uh, acute illness and virus that we have going around, all like holistic practitioners, um, naturopathic doctors, all of that, you know, nutritionists, that kind of thing we're basically like forbidden to talk about the acute illness going around from um, supporting patients through, you know, any of that stuff. And so um, what I find really, really awesome and really interesting for you guys down in the States is that um, from what I understand, most of of you guys who are practitioners didn't have those same restrictions. So um, what I have found so awesome is that if you guys have had um, clients coming to you saying, okay, um, I I'm having this illness. How, how can I best support myself? You have been supporting clients and get gaining information and um, about how to um, help the body heal, which is something that we don't have a lot of going on up here right now.
1: Yeah. So You know, we're not doing anything different than we've ever done. And that is not treat illness, rather support a person through an illness, whether it's viral, what have you. Um, So nothing in my practice has changed really, except there have been more people acutely ill and the remedies that we recommend haven't changed. There's no, um, you know, remedies that support a person in an acute viral illness tend to be within, you know. 10 remedies or so, in my experience. And there are some that we see more frequently um, this month or that month or uh, in whatever stage that we've been moving through collectively. But, you know, I think that, that there is a really important distinction in that we are not treating any illness. We are not curing any illness. All we are doing is offering support to a patient. And so, really, that cannot be illegal, in my opinion. And one of the biggest parts. Um, Well, not one of the biggest parts, but something important, I think, about my stance is that it's very important to seek medical care when it's appropriate. I don't advise people that they have to choose one or the other. I don't rail against, um, you know, this or that, really, unless I, I don't advise people what to do. Right. I tell them that there's a time and place for just about everything. And, you know, you need to do what's best for you at any moment. And only when there's a true medical emergency and, you know, you're feeling really unsafe, should you feel like there's one choice here and that's emergency medicine. It's not a homeopathic remedy to be a substitute for something in an emergency. But I mean, I think it's just common sense, right? And I think the more you get into a standpoint of like, being overly upset about the way, you know, like we can lose our center in all of this as as practitioners by getting too upset about we can do this or we can't do that. When we just offer support, I think there's, you know, I know a lot of homeopaths in Canada and they're doing the same thing that I'm doing. So I don't think that what what I am doing would be illegal in Canada, I guess is what I'm saying good
0: i'm i'm so glad to hear you say that because there are some um not homeopathic practitioners but kind of within the uh holistic field that have really kind of felt a lot more um helpless in all of this just with some of the um the way that things have kind of been like don't talk about it, don't say anything, don't even tell people to go get sunlight to support their immune system, because like, there's just been some weird stuff going on. And so um, I I just really appreciate um, the way that you have shared, like the way that you work, the way that you share, you know, your knowledge with all of us, because it's, it is a lot more challenging or I have found it a lot more challenging and, and heard from others who have found it a lot more challenging to find ways to, um, support yourself, ourselves and our family.
1: In terms of, um, holistic care, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I do a lot of mindset work too, Steph, and I really believe that it's possible to thrive in any condition. Granted, things are tougher where you are. I totally get that. There's more mandates, there's stricter laws. The climate itself is a little more kind of negative and oppressive feeling, right? But it remains that the work to do then with mindset is to look for ease, look for flow. Where are things working? Where are there solutions? Because when we're focused on the oppression and the the rigidity, we aren't putting ourselves in alignment to receive the intuitive intuitive information that will allow us to help people. There's a way for everybody to thrive right now. And so when we're less sort of engaged in the fight and more focused on, receiving solution and having fun and you know obviously we don't want to bury our head in the sand but we do a little bit right don't watch too much news don't be too aware that's what I told a client the other day I said I think your problem is that you're too aware of what's going on like let's let's turn off the news for about a week and see how things go you know it's a balance right and I'm so glad you brought that up because I I noticed I
0: think with myself I can't remember if it was back in November or December. I think maybe it was November. Um, I kind of, I noticed, cause I just kind of had this feeling of knowing of wanting to, um, you know, learn how to support our family in a good way. And, um, you know, just, you know, that, that kind of thing. And I, ha- I realized that I had been having a lot more focus on preventing illness instead of supporting wellness. Right. Once I realized that with myself and, and, and shifted and put that focus on just like bringing in wellness to our
1: family, like everything felt so different. It's so true. It, It seems like a subtle differentiation, right? But that, that little bit of difference in your approach, the trajectory changes greatly. So yeah, I mean we can use the mandates or the state of the world as an excuse to cut ourselves off from well-being. But I don't advise doing that. There are plenty of reasons to thrive now. There is plenty of well-being in existence. So when we can look for that, we will calibrate to that and we will start vibrating at a more more at a at a level of well-being. And so you could take all the remedies and supplements and exercise and eat all the organic food. But if your mind is in the gutter, you're not going to feel good. And so there's work to be done for all of us in terms of this mindset. And so that's why I've expanded so much these last couple of years into mindset coaching in addition to homeopathy, because it's no longer enough to just look to a substance, whatever it is, a remedy, a medicine, anything to help us feel better, Solely that we need to take an active part now because things are so chaotic and there's so much outward messaging telling us to not be happy that we need to make the decision and the conscious effort to be happy. And I'm, I've become an expert at that, which feels really good.
0: Oh, good. That's so, that's so awesome. So I did have, um, a few questions. Like I, I had asked on Instagram, if anyone had any questions for you, I saw that. Yeah. One of them that I loved and I feel like, I mean, I have an answer to this and I'm sure you'll have a really great answer to this too. But, um, one person asked in regards to homeopathy, what do you say to like the haters, like the people who say, Oh, it doesn't work. or It's placebo.
1: Well, I say it's probably not a good fit for you. I'm not in the business of convincing anyone. Um, (laughs) so okay next
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was my response too I was like I don't have to I don't have to convince you of anything
1: (laughs) I mean maybe if I I wasn't like fully booked and scheduled and like you know what I mean like I have so many people beating down my door to know more about homeopathy and that I don't actually get any haters very very rarely I think I one time I wrote an article that, well, that, you know, homeopathy should be at the top of your self-care list that I recently posted on Instagram. I actually wrote that back in 2016. And I had a debunker, like write a whole response to this article. And I was just thrilled. I was like, oh my gosh, I've arrived. I've been debunked. <laughs> like he, he, t- he said that all I do is like shower my patients in sympathy and that's why they feel better. It was so funny. I was like, you're right not for you, buddy. But you know what I mean? Of course there are going to be people that get mad or whatever, but it's not really about me. Um, Yeah. Not in the business of convincing anyone. And I would, I would give that advice to anybody starting a holistic practice, right? Whatever you're in. Homeopathy is a bit of a tougher sell than others because it is so um, contentious sometimes within the conventional medical community um but i yeah i just don't run in those circles it 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 works it's worked for over 200 years there are studies that show that there are nanoparticles present it, it's falling under the umbrella of nanopharmacology and the science is unfolding every day to tell us more about how homeopathy works so i don't understand any of it so <laughs> i'm not going to argue because i'm not a scientist in that way but gosh over the 10 years the amazing healing that i've seen is evidence enough for me and yeah
0: yeah well, and i I think something so important about that and and something I always remind myself too, is that um you know, people are always committed to you know resistance against something that they don't understand, sure, and whether that's you know by choice or it's because it's something that they just can't comprehend, that just kind of comes along with anything that's considered, you know
1: different to the way that their brain looks at things. It can be very threatening to someone who's very invested in the world being a certain way uh, because their identity is very tied to this external structure of, you know, whether it's science or, you know, medicine. And then when they hear about homeopathy, it's like, well, no, that does not fit in with everything I know. And my identity is very tied to everything I know. And so then it becomes almost a personal attack I see this a lot in terms of, you know, people who have very, very rigid thinking in any area when they're con- confronted or when they're faced with evidence or, or a suggestion even of something that threatens that structure. It's, um, it's very scary. And so then sometimes we'll go into attack mode and um, say that that can't be so, that's wrong, that's not, you know, within the realm of believability or, or what I know to be right. And I think that there's a lot of that happening because we don't have a lot of internal resources collectively as individuals. We're very much taught to lean on an external sort of identity and follow along with this group or that group. And individuality is not something that's greatly prized or very, very tribal and very, um, you know, sort of tribal signaling in our world. And I think that stems from a lot of generational trauma and a lot of lack of deep self-worth and, you know, like I said, access to our own internal resources and connection with our own inner beings, our own higher selves. We're very disconnected in that way. And so until we as a species and as cultures really can learn to look inward and develop those connections, we will be in this vulnerable state where our identity is constantly on, on an external structure that will always let us down because, you know, humans are full of inconsistencies and there's no external structure that's going to always be there for us in this, in this way, but we, we sure keep trying. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And, and your response to that, like, cause I, I know who asked that question and I know what it was about. Your response to that was, was perfect. So thank you. <laughs> Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I had something on the on the tip of my tongue that I was gonna go with next, and now it kind of slipped away. Um. Okay, so a few other questions that that people had. Um, one was about support with homeopathy, um, in like anxiety and depression, and so I'd like for you to talk about that a little bit because I think a part of the you know, the way that 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 can be looked at, of course, in our, you know, the conventional med- med- medical system, it's like, oh, just take this pill and you won't have anxiety anymore. And yeah. so then the question is, oh, like, well, what do I need to take in homeopathy for my anxiety and depression to be gone? Well, it doesn't work that way. So I'd, I'd like for you to explain um, a little bit about how someone could. Um, be supported in doing some healing with that in the way that it's meant to be
1: yeah you know in the conventional medical system it's like anxiety and depression happen because your brain is broken and we just need to give you a medication to sort of fix that chemical imbalance or that disruption in the brain and generally in homeopathic philosophy we understand that anxiety and depression are manifestations of generational trauma and a homeopathic remedy can help by really allowing the vital force of the body and mind to repattern that energetic structure that keeps us stuck in anxiety or depression. Again, it's not working on the chemical level. It's the precursor to the chemical level that happens in the body. It's the energetic level. Um, and so, or it, or the epigenetic level. You think of you know these ingrained trauma responses or these ingrained responses to life that Show up in us that are inappropriate or out of proportion, right? Like I I hear so many moms say, oh, my life is great, but I feel anxious all the time. I shouldn't. I just want to enjoy my kids and my life, but I've got like this out of proportion response to life. And that's in homeopathic philosophy, what that is is that kind of leftover generational trauma response and so the remedy when we when we're using homeopathy constitutionally the remedy helps to really stimulate a deep healing response in a person and so a situation like that requires a constitutional appointment with me which is a an hour, hour and a half, where we talk about everything that's going on. We talk about your whole health history. A lot of times, we talk about childhood, and then I send you a remedy that is your constitutional remedy. And this remedy is really the big guns, the heavy hitter in terms of uh, helping to facilitate that overall well-being. And I have many, many moms coming back to me reporting eighty percent improvement in their anxiety within just six weeks. You know, huge, huge improvements in depression, postpartum energy, mood fatigue, all of these things. So hopefully that explains a little bit about what constitutional care is and how it can help with anxiety and depression. And that said, there's nothing wrong with medication too. I mean, it is a sort of a band-aid, but it can be a very helpful band-aid if a person is in a bad spot. Medication can be a helpful bridge. And so a really common scenario is somebody will come to me wanting to get off of the medication and I say, well, we can support you with homeopathy and then you can work with your medical team to come off of the medication whenever you and your doctor feel that that's safe and appropriate. Yeah, good.
0: That's, yeah, that's a perfect response. And and again, what, what I love so much about that is, is that it's not just, oh,
1: this is the remedy that we give to every single person that has anxiety. Here you go. Oh, right, yeah. It's so individualized. I mean, I, there's 5,000 remedies in homeopathic medicine and you could need just about any one. It's your individual experience of the anxiety that that's why we have to talk for over an hour because it's so specific.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's like, I just like, I I don't even know how to put into words how much I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and so that just what you just shared there, there were a few other questions, um, someone had asked about insomnia again, right. That's if, if someone's suffering from insomnia, that's, that's more of a
1: constitutional
0: issue. Yeah, Right. Exactly. Um, what, what I will share though is, um, with, with myself, um, every once in a while, you know, when, when my son Casey wakes up at night, Um, for a feed every once in a while. Like if I've got something going on, that's kind of on my mind, I'll have a harder time falling asleep. And it's like a, every once in a while thing I have. um, What is it? Coffee? Is that what it's called?
1: Great remedy for occasional sleeplessness. Yeah. I mean, when you listen to the name, it's made from coffee, right? And so it can be characterized by an overactive mind, too many thoughts happening, jittery, you know, just what you would expect from somebody taking too much coffee or too much caffeine. If you find yourself in that state with occasional insomnia, a dose of Coffea, the homeopathic remedy can be so helpful what do you, what do you find is your experience? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. I, I find that, um, it to be very helpful to just kind of, you know, like for my mind to calm down for that kind of like restless uncomfortableness, um, to calm down and, and, to support me back to sleep. So, um, so great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been really awesome. And another one that has been really helpful in our family with my husband. Um, and, and I will say this is absolutely something that he needs, uh, you know, would benefit from constitutional support with, but, um, acid reflux for him, acid reflux, heartburn, um, Nux Vomica is like that would honestly, that would probably be his constitutional remedy anyway, <laughs> like yeah. just based, based on the, the rest of the, the symptom picture, but it like, you know, helps to, to calm that down for him right away.
1: Oh, wonderful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've had such great luck with it. And um, one thing that I know when I was first looking at it, it was like, oh, like it's, it felt kind of overwhelming because I was like, oh my goodness, like, where do we start? And so there are, there are kits that you can purchase that have a whole bunch of different remedies in different size of starter kits. Um, what we, or what I did was I just started, you know, locally at our local health food store, just buying remedies as, um, as we kind of needed them or as, like, as I was learning in the course with you, oh, this, this symptom picture seems to fit what normally happens for me when I get a sore throat. So I'll pick up that remedy to have it on hand when that happens. And one of the best parts about homeopathy, those little, it's so
1: inexpensive. Right. I know the remedies are so inexpensive. It's so such a sustainable form of medicine. I mean, really, I mean, when you're paying for homeopathic care with a homeopath, you're paying for the expertise of the of the practitioner, the remedy, I include it for free with my care. Um, it's not an expensive prescription. There are no patents on these single homeopathic remedies. You know, Boron of course has some patents on its combination remedies on its branded items, which great. They have a wonderful product line. Um, but on the single homeopathic remedies, which is what we use in classical homeopathy. I am a classical homeopath, which means I use one remedy at a time. I'm not working with the drops or the desbio. That's a big question I get. Are you using these like lime protocols or da 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 da. I don't use any protocols. Um, my preference is to assess the patient individually and give the remedy best indicated for them. Protocols have their time and place, but they're not something I work with right so
0: um for anyone who is you know, curious, wanting to learn more. Um, of course, um, you and Kendra are running the um, master toolkit again. I know you've got that class full right now.
1: We do. Yep. It's the uh, complete holistic wellness toolkit. We dropped the master class term because Kendra thought it was too long. And I agree. It doesn't yeah. need to be the complete holistic wellness toolkit master class. She was like, it's just too much, Jenny. And I said, okay, you win. So it's now just the complete holistic wellness toolkit. We are in the middle of an eight week session. We will be launching again before too long. Um, We hope to have another option for people to more of a self-paced pre-recorded option that people can buy. So yeah, definitely look for more offers from us. But we also right now, if you're wanting to learn specifically about acute illness, uh, we have a self-paced one session course called, uh, holistic care for, uh, in viral, in acute viral illness. And that's available on both of our Instagrams. It's a great, you know, one hour course where you learn how to use homeopathy and holistic modalities for helping somebody through an acute viral illness, which we're seeing a lot of right now. Yeah. And
0: so that was something that came along with the class when I did it. And I, I found so much value in it. So, for anyone listening, I totally, absolutely recommend that. What do you is that one priced right now at thirty eight dollars? Yep, that one's
1: thirty eight. The um the wellness toolkit is two eighty nine, and that's a eight week live sessions, live Q and A, plenty of access to me and Kendra for questions and support during that eight weeks, and um we hope to have additional offers coming soon. So. Yeah, We're just so excited I, to serve this community in this way. It's been really, really wonderful to see all of these uh, parents become empowered in their holistic toolkits, really feeling like prepared and like, it, it just does so much to reduce that health anxiety.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like I can't, I, I can't even say enough about how, just how good I have felt, um, even when when you know Casey had a bit of a cough that developed um when we had um you know virus kind of moving through our house and it it did it came on like very suddenly in the evening and it was like I was like oh I was so concerned like it really kind of like ooh, like I kind of had that that scary mom feeling and then again I was like wait I I know so much and I you know, I, I looked through my, my little book and I grabbed Aconite, gave him one. And then, and then he just, just a little bit of coughing here and there, but it wasn't like coughing, coughing, coughing. And, um, yeah, I just, to, to have, to have things that are within my like knowledge base to support my family is so you can't, I can't even place a value on it. And so I'm, I'm so grateful for everything that I learned from you and, and, um, and, and, you know, so excited to have you on here to share this with other people because
1: it's been invaluable. Like I couldn't even put a, put a price on it. Oh, thank you. That means so much. Yeah. You're welcome. It's really been our pleasure to provide this and yeah, to help empower. That's what we want more than anything. There is a choice and there are solutions if you, if you know where to look, right? Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. And so um, if anybody's listening and is curious to see about the um, other courses that you have to offer that wants to maybe um, book a session with you to have some support, where can everybody find you?
1: Uh, a really good place to start is my website, hoaglandhomeopathy.com. And my Instagram, The Enlightened Homeopath. I also have a free Facebook group called Homeopathy Enthusiasts with Jenny Hoagland. I'll do free trainings in there and there's a nice community. So there are plenty of options to be in my world. One last thing that I'll mention is I do offer a homeopathy course called Coming Home to Homeopathy, which is a four session self-paced course where we dive in even more to homeopathy, its history, um, and we cover 30 remedies for use at home with all types of acute illness and injury.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for just like being here, for sharing everything. And, and again, like I, I can't say enough about how grateful I am to have learned what I have from you and also to continue learning from you, you know, through what you share on Instagram and, and just, you know, the way that I, I come across all of the knowledge that you share. So
1: thank you so much for, for being here today. Oh, thank you, Steph. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, Awesome.